All right, let's turn in your Bible to the book of Mark, chapter number four. The, um, this Wednesday night, we're, we are in the book of Colossians. Fred Mooney will be teaching this Wednesday night. Um, read, read the first chapter and you'll be okay. We'll be, in, we'll be in that chapter about midway, but I just recommend you reading that whole chapter if you're going to be here, and, and uh, we will study the book of Colossians. A week from this morning, Brian Fuller will be bringing the message, and I'm looking forward to hearing that. Amen. I enjoy hearing what God has to say uh, through His people. Amen. That's how you ought to be on me every time you get to hear me preach. Oh, I just can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what that guy's going to say. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Instead of, oh, okay. <laughs> Book of Mark. And I won't preach very long today. We've, uh, our, we have a baptism. How many is being baptized today? Right up there. Awesome. Awesome. Praise God. Goes to the Fairfield branch. Yeah, okay. Book of Mark. Chapter number four. Are you there? Today is the sower, the seed, and the soil. And we'll see what God's word has to say about that. The sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately. When? Immediately. immediately. <laughs> Why anybody that gets born again, it won't be the next day the devil will try to talk you out of it. It'll be right then. Oh, you didn't really get saved. Oh, and we're just a bunch of words. Immediately. That's his job. I don't ever brag on the devil, but I'll say this about him. He is persistent. Immediately. And the reason being is because this. You have never in all of your life seen a blackbird with a 20-foot oak tree stuck in its beak and it's flying through the air. Well, real hard because the tree's so big. You've never seen that. But you have seen that same bird pick up a little seed that's in the ground and pluck it out and fly across the sky. Immediately, the enemy tries to steal what God's given you. When? Immediately. Immediately. And tries to take away the word that was sown in our heart. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves and they endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. These are they which are sown among thorns such as hear the word. This is the one that gets us. Right here. This gets most people right here. And the cares of this world 
and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground. Hallelujah. Thank God. They're sown on good ground. They hear the word. They receive the word. And it brings forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some even 100-fold. Father, take the words that we will speak. And I'm telling you, Lord God, right now that we're going to give you praise ahead of time. We're believing great things in this. Lord, whether this happens today or if it happens in this week or next year or whenever, we're believing the Word of God is going to do its work. Lord, you, you heighten the awareness of every person here and help us, God, not to be that hard ground or that stony ground or that rocky ground. Lord God, help us to be that good ground. In Jesus' name, amen. This message is about four different people. Number one, the person who knows they're lost, but they intend to be saved. They will at some point. It's about the person who thinks they are saved, but is actually lost. I heard the only, part, the only time I ever heard him preach on TV, it was on Channel 3. That was back in the day when you had three TV channels. At least in our area. We had 3, 6, and 12. And then we had Channel 8 that came along, PBS, and then we had Channel 13 that came out of Mount Vernon, which Fred Mooney said was TV for the blind, was what that was made for. And I think it goes on Channel 12. I heard that old, old man at the time, John R. Rice, preach a sermon and talk about preaching and preaching in a Baptist church and... At the end of the service, a man came up who had been a deacon in that church for 35 years and had never been saved. And he came up and asked Jesus to be his Savior. That's incredible. That's incredible to me. 35 years and he finally realizes, yeah, he needs to be saved. So it's first the person who knows they're lost but intends to be saved. The person who thinks they're saved but's actually lost. The person who is saved but will be ashamed at judgment because they did nothing for the kingdom of God. And then the person who is saved and will receive a reward. Number one, the person who intends to be saved. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You don't have, the, the criteria for you, for a person to go to hell is not for them to rob a bank and beat up grandma. It's for them to neglect what God has given. Neglect. Anybody that's raising children understands the word neglect. You buy them a gift and a birthday gift that is so overwhelming to them. It's just what they wanted, that brand new baseball mitt. And three weeks later, you go outside and it's been rained on, left outside. They neglected the gift that was given them. The bicycle that's put outside and never put up, never put in the garage, laid in the back of, the, in the back of your car where you can run over it and it'll be your fault somehow. <laughs> Neglect. 
God's given us all these things, and then we just flat out neglect it. Again, we're not robbing anybody or killing anyone. We're just flat out neglecting what God has given. This is what bothers me about this story with the sower, the seed, and the soil. The sower, and think of a man back thousands of years ago with the bag slung across his, his shoulder with the seed, and he is broadcasting that seed over that very same ground that never receives the seed, that never receives, that never receives, and day by day, week by week, this sower will come along and he will broadcast that seed onto the ground. By the very nature of him walking on that ground, that ground becomes more hardened. Is that right? That's right. That's right. That's why I am so concerned, and nothing bothers me as much as this right here in this church. I am so concerned by people that hear the Word of God about you must be born again, and they let that slide and just don't take any heed to it. Oh, they think about something else. They think about what they're going to do after service is over. What are, anything to block that message out of their mind. Guess what? The next Sunday that I preach that same word, you're going to be that much easier to block that word. The third Sunday when I preach that, it's going to be that much easier to block that. And then the 15th time you've heard that and you haven't responded, it's going to be that much easier. What's going on? The very ground that I'm walking on, it's become hardened and it's not the sower's fault. It's the, it's the soil for not allowing the seed into their life. I can get up on every, on every baptism Sunday and say, those Christian people who have not been water baptized, you ought to be water baptized. The first time you heard me say that, there was a tinge in your heart. Yeah, he's speaking to me. The second time you heard me say that, it wasn't there as bad. And then the third time, oh, yeah, I probably ought to do that. And then the 18th time you've heard me say that you must be water baptized. It's in the Bible, people. And you just couldn't you just neglect it. And you say, well, you know, I'll get to it some other time. It becomes easier and easier and easier. The ground becomes more hardened and more hardened and more hardened when you do not receive the seed that God has planted and wants to plant within your life. God's plan of redemption is a so great a salvation. But the problem will be, hell will be filled with people. It wasn't that they were too bad to go to heaven. They were too busy. They were too busy. What the Bible says here, the cares of this world. But the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things entering in, and choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. They were too busy. Felix, the governor in the book of Acts, tells the great apostle Paul, at a more convenient time I will be saved. You read the entire book, and you never find that happening. A more convenient season never rolled around for this guy. His time was right there with that great man of God standing in front of him, and he rejected that. Some think they'll be saved 11th hour. God may call you on 1030. 
Then what happens? Preacher, I'll be like the thief on the cross. This begs the question, which one? Yeah, which one? One guy saw the need. The other guy did not. Your life is like a bank. Every day you make a withdrawal. And one day at the bank of time, you'll make your last withdrawal. That's why the Bible talks about words like this. Now is the time of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Back 100 years ago, the the man in, in Scotland who was a successful weaver... And he got more, his, his factory began growing, and he got more looms, and he got more looms, and you've seen them probably on TV, the way they, they work them, and it makes a big kind of a clacky, clackety noise, and as they, as they run that loom back and forth across there, and it weaves that fabric, and the guy got fabulously wealthy. And all throughout this time, his wife was continually telling him, honey, you, you need to be saved. That word honey, that brings up a point to me. I've about had it up to here, going into 7-Elevens and places, and these 28-year-old girls calling me hun. What can I do for you, hun? <laughs> so I finally put a stop to it. You ain't my wife, only my wife calls me hun. Don't call me hun when I come in here. I don't know why that bothers me, but that really... It really bothers me. You know, maybe if maybe it was like a a 50-year-old woman or a 60-year-old woman, 70-year-old woman, it wouldn't be so bad. I don't know. I don't know. 70, she said. (laughs) But the guy, his wife would ask him constantly to be saved. And eventually the pastor went and talked to him. And the, the man, he was open with the pastor. And he said, I've thought about it. And, and just here recently, I've been having dreams about it. In one of my dreams, Jesus was in the dream and he was talking to me. And the pastor said, well, what in the world did he say? And he goes, I don't know. I couldn't hear him because the rattling of the looms. Yeah. The very thing that's going to keep you away from God now will keep you away from God for all eternity if you don't watch out. You'll never get to heaven by accident. I want you to remember that one. It'll never happen. You're not going to die and wake up and thought, well, I'll be. I didn't think this was going to happen. No. I wasn't, didn't make any plans for this. No. I don't know how this happened. No. Mm-mm. You've got to make a reservation. I'm an American. I have a birth certificate. I'm married. I've got a wedding certificate. I'm born again. I got a new birth certificate sealed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You go overseas, you got to have a passport. Proves that you have a legal right to be in that country. I have a heavenly passport, a legal right for one day to be able to go to heaven. Isn't it amazing? I've seen this just this morning. 
the NAACP is having a huge deal to where it's a meeting to where they're really coming against this idea of people that receive food stamps, that you got to have a photo ID to receive food stamps. They, the NAACP don't want that. They don't want that. And yet to go to their meeting, you had to have a fo- photo ID to get into their meeting that they were having. <laughs> then there's a person who thinks, but they're saved. But time revealed their shallowness in the story that I read here in the book of Mark. They're the stony ground hearers. Let me tell you this on the stony ground hearers. Enduring faith will endure. Well, I fell by the wayside. What well, the reason why you didn't have enduring faith? Enduring faith, by definition, will endure. Enduring faith will endure. In Matthew 25, I want you to go there. Let's look at four verses. Matthew 25, 1, 2, 3, and 4. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. They were all dressed alike. It's not your suit, it's your fruit that God's concerned with. Preacher, they were all virgins. Morality will not take you to heaven. How many can touch this ceiling? Nobody. Maybe the ones in the balcony could stand on their seats and jump up and touch it. But you're cheating if you do that. Nobody standing on this main floor could jump up and touch this ceiling. Some could get higher than others. All of you, well, not all of you. Most everybody here could get higher than I could. But really, it's to no avail because if it's, you ought to touch the ceiling, it don't matter how high you jump, you're not going to be able to touch the ceiling. I envisioned this when I was in... Arizona and saw the Grand Canyon. It's a mile across. I thought, well, there's no way anybody could jump across that. Somebody could get further than others, but nobody could, and you just couldn't do it. So it's not your morality because nobody can be good enough that God's going to say, well, you're good enough. Come on in. That's not going to happen. Oh, we've all sinned. We all have a sin nature within us. So it's not that. Preacher, they all had lamps. Yeah, there now you're getting closer. What's in their hearts? Preacher, they all had an invitation. Well, so do you. So does the whole world. Jesus said, come unto me. John Wesley said, I came to America to convert the heathen. But then he had an overwhelming thought. Who will convert John Wesley? He had all the the gifts and the abilities, but then he thought, you know, I myself am not even saved. And he realized that he needed to be saved. Number three, the person who's saved but ashamed. Samson got sidetracked. It cost him his sight. It cost him his strength. It cost him his freedom. 
It cost him his anointing. It cost him his testimony. It cost him his life. You know the first words the Bible tells us that Samson said? It's in there. I saw a woman. There you go. There's, there was, there, I began right there. Not, you know, I saw God's vision on me to be able to reach my country and be able to deliver them from the Philistine bondage. No, I saw a woman. This guy got sidetracked and it cost him. And fourth, a person who is saved and will receive a reward. Thank God. There is plan A and there's plan B. Even with all my faults and foibles, I still want to try to go with plan A. I think the idea with America about how we've been dumbed down through the years to where, and, and if you do try to uh, make something of yourself, you're, you're penalized for it. Speaking of that, have you seen that the, uh, the, a gold medal is worth $25,000? Monetary value, a silver is worth fifteen, and a bronze is worth ten. Uh, if you if uh, uh, win the gold medal, the guy that won one last night, the skateboarding dude, Boy, ain't that a, well, that's another deal, but. <laughs> I blacked out, man, dude, it was crazy. Right, I won that, and it's like, man, this is a new sport that we got right here, right now. Well, I don't know if this crazy dude's got it or not, but when he gets back to home, he's going to cough up about eight grand because we penalize winners. One-third of whatever that cost, and we're one of the few countries that do that, Unreal. These guys have busted themselves and done this and done this and, and, and sacrificed. And many times moms and dads have sacrificed and then come back home and got to uh, pay out eight grand for winning the gold medal. All right, let me get off my soapbox here. <laughs> Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What he's saying is, I want to go for plan A. And that might cost me. And there may be some severity and some heartache involved. But he goes, this is what I know God wants in my life. I could give you a trivia question. I'll give it to you. In the country of Egypt, apart from Egyptian name, what would be an American female name that more Egyptian girls are given than any other? No, that's a tough trivia there. Lillian. And all because of a woman by the name of Lillian Trasher who spent 51 years in Egypt ministering to the Egyptian peoples. And the Egyptian president at the time of her death says, Lillian Trasher was the greatest woman I've ever known. She started orphanages, hospitals, her family would not help her when she told them she felt the need to go to Egypt, that God had called her there. She had enough money to get there. And her sister had given her an envelope and said, if it seems that you don't know what to do next, open this envelope. At her funeral, they opened the envelope. She had never opened it. 
Because she knew that God had called her there. This is a big topic, and I could preach four or five weeks on this and still not cover all this ground. But really, that's what it's about. It's about ground. Which is symbolic of our heart. And I don't want to be a hard-hearted type person. I want to be when God, when God plants something in my life that I'm wanting to allow that to grow and then to bear forth fruit and then to bear forth more fruit and then to bear forth much fruit. And I pray that's the same in your life as well. See, I'm not expecting overnight growth. And I think pastors set themselves up for failure when they think that way. But I do believe with time that God can do wonderful things in people's lives. I believe that. Bow your heads, please. Jesus, you are worth my very best. Not second best, not way down the list. Jesus, you are Lord. And in the early church, them saying that, it might have been able, that might have been reason for them to, in some places to even be put to death for them to say that. And yet they were so willing because it was so true. Jesus, you are Lord. God, I believe it by your Holy Spirit. You've taken the words that we have spoken and you've pressed that into the heart, into the life, into the ground, into the soil of every person that's here. Thanking you, God, for what you are doing here, what you're doing at Centralia Branch, Fairfield Branch. We, we're honored for that. But Lord, we know that you're always concerned about us reaching more people for you. And help us, Lord, never, 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 never to get used to that. But, Lord, that be such a real, meaningful message in our hearts that it just keeps us alive and keeps us going. In Jesus' name we're praying. Amen. Where would I be? You only know. I'm glad you see.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.